Good morning. It is Monday, June 13th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Okay, since we last talked, the B market has really outperformed all the other grain and oilseed markets and scored new highs in the old and new crop contracts. Crude oil futures made new contract highs, but have not have not crossed the level seen in front month futures at the time that Russia invaded Ukraine. U.S. gasoline prices has Prices have reached a new all-time high. The average this morning across the country, $5.01 for regular unleaded. U.S. inflation was reported at 8.6% year-on-year in May. And because the Nationals and the Cubs have each accumulated just 23 wins this year, let's mention the Iowa horse, huh? Mo Donegal won the 2022 Belmont Stakes. It was the third different winner in the Triple Crown races this year. One last one. Wednesday starts the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tampa Bay Lightning against the Colorado Avalanche. Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. That's called grasping for a horse, Chip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I just got back last evening from an excellent multi-day conference of the Cotton Warehouse Association of America and was attended, uh, gave a good speech. G.T. Thompson, the ranking member on the House Ag Committee, had a chance to visit with him and his very nice uh, wife, uh, Penny, that's her actual name. Uh, and uh, just a host of good cotton people each year. And it was at Coeur d'Alene. If you've never been at Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, you should go because it's one of the most beautiful places uh, I go to events, uh, hopefully every year, but not necessarily. The sugar people have also gone there. All right. Well, very good. I'd, I'd love to go sometime, Jim. Uh, that, that'd, be, that'd be outstanding. What did you learn? What did you learn while in Idaho? Uh, they again, they had excellent presentations. I will tell you that I not limited to cotton. I th- these shipment backlogs of uh, 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 export sales, Chip. They had uh, 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 transportation experts and and chain uh, 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 change. Uh, glitches Mm -hmm. and uh they're considerably behind in in shipments and uh and i think that that's going on in corn and soybeans as well so i i put that to being a signal that some of these shipments are going to be carried over into the next marketing year it's not going to be settled so that is something to watch it's just not sales now as we well know but this year it's going to be shipments and they are dragging yeah Okay, we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about that as we go on. Uh, just a reminder to everyone that we would like you to be part of the conversation this morning. There is a comments tab somewhere on your screen. Go ahead and click on that, and I'll just address something here real quickly. Uh, we're having a bit of a technical issue with my camera this morning. I don't know why it's as dark as it is, but it kind of fades in and fades out, and it gets bright, see? And now it'll darken up on us here in just a second. Try to ignore that, Will. We'll continue on with the conversation. The light of day is with me anyway, Jim. That's right. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> I do want to add, we had a question, because we love those questions and bring them in. Yeah. We had a question uh, last uh, podcast about uh, seed availability. And our good friend, Chip, Michelle Jones, emailed me. And she said her local nutrient dealer has told her and others, if we want 2023 Clearfield winter wheat seed that we need to buy it now, and they're not sure they can find it, it's apparently very very short. And, and she said, that's not wildly surprising given the winter wheat production challenges and wheat doesn't import as much seed from other locations like, right. you know, corn and soybeans. Now a seed company contact emailed me because he listened to the program and his quote was seed companies are in the business to sell seed. They are not going to run short and will produce to compensate for the risk around weather, etc. Some varieties could be short in a given year if and when that hurts that particular production geography. So yeah. that was mainly corn and soybeans, I think. So yeah. that was the response. And, and uh, Michelle is up in Montana talking about that Clearfield seed. Yes. So I, I'm sure that that is a similar issue in, in other areas across the, the hard red winter wheat production areas. I, there's just no question about it. Uh, okay, as long as we're addressing questions from listeners, Dawson, uh, who um, I, I'm not exactly sure where Dawson is at right now, but I met him when he was at Iowa State University, had a question about the damage to the grain export facility in Ukraine, Jim. How extensive was that? I mean, did it completely disable, destroy? What did it do? I don't know about completely, but our sources are indicating it was a major hit, Chip. And this is why the concern is there that uh, of the what, around 20 million tons of grain uh, sitting in the facilities and, and the capacity is filled uh, you know, with, with new crop coming on. It, it is a growing problem. Yeah. Is, has there been any progress made? And I, I call it progress. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure if that's what I should call it, but has there been any progress made on finding a path for some of that Ukrainian grain to get out and into the export channels? A lot of attempts. It was signal, but mainly noise is what we, uh, what I conclude. And you basically, no one can and should trust what Putin says right. about this and other things. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's it's as we talked about when this was initially bandied about that, yeah, it was strange that the conversation was happening between Russia and Turkey. Where was Ukraine in the conversation? Well, yeah. they weren't. Yes. U Ukraine was not in it. So. And it's going to be limited. I hope I'm wrong, but I think when what I'm hearing, this is going to be a continued problem you've got the world trade organization remember that wto yep. they're yep. having a meeting this week to talk about export bans uh, food security uh etc and you know there was a phrase that gt thompson used he he says he loves to call rural america essential america he keeps say, using that phrase and i think it's great to use it that way so he said this is again a learning experience of uh, uh, national and food security is coming into play big time, and that will play a role in the next farm bill. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Hey, 
that that's part of framing the conversation for that next farm bill. It, it is. And yeah. they had a, a first of the really uh, major farm bill hearings on, 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 on farm programs, chip and, and crop insurance in the house last week. And, and, uh, I think it's a significant signal for the years ahead. There, it looks like they'll try it as a pilot project, and I margin insurance for grains. They're looking at the dairy program, yep. which has been very successful. Yeah, not totally. When and they popular. Went, popular when they went to margin. Now, yep. uh, it could get quite expensive, but they're going to look at it, and the best way to do that is a pilot program and that was suggested by dr joe outlaw at texas a&m and watch that one because it could have some legs on it okay uh over the weekend i think there's many there are several items that i could have selected for the one item to talk about from the weekend but uh the the comments from muhammad l or arian l arian uh who is the chief economic advisor at Alliance yes on face the nation over the weekend and from Larry Summers yes uh about where we are headed with this economy Jim it, it's um uh, it it's more than a little concerning at this point Yes, it is. And he said he, he was flustered as to earlier in the whole process of why the Fed wasn't seeing what others were seeing. And we've discussed yep. that before. And now you have the two-year and the 10-year Treasury yield yep. uh, briefly inverting this morning. And you know, Chip, we followed this over the years. That's an initial signal of a possible yep. recession. So they're, they're, they're beginning to flash warnings there. And we're going to see a lot more information come out this Wednesday when the FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee, uh, issues their statement, but just as important are going to be the updated Fed projections. And also Chairman uh, uh, Jerome J. Powell will have what we call a press or a press event. Right. And his statements, uh, how many times are they going to do this 50 basis point? Will this increase the odds of a 75 you know, basis points? You've got some of the investment house uh, saying that could be the case at least one time in the in the coming months. And you've got the equity markets just in a tailspin now so if they're they haven't made the lows they're making them uh, uh any day now it, it's going to be a bloodbath today with the s p 500 in bear market territory again yeah uh the uh the the meeting on wednesday is, is there is there any indication that maybe we would see a 75 or a, or even a full point uh, well, it's always possibility, but uh, they like to signal well. In they the sure do. So, so almost too much, I think. And too many right. people speak too much. I don't see it, Chip, but I think he could lay the groundwork for that. That's what's going to be curious to see. Every time you lay the groundwork for something like this, you take away the effectiveness of the actual event. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you want to feel the impact of a full point, increase in interest rates you do it this week yeah. otherwise you won't feel it if he comes back if he comes out of this meeting and says hey you know what we're considering a full point next you've lost the effectiveness of it you've yeah. got to be able it, 
you got to have some of that surprise factor in there or or it's relatively ineffective. If we had Paul Volcker back in, oh, that's God. what he would do, Chip. He, yes. he would go probably 1% and he would have been there. He, he just would have would have would have increased it and you know gotten it over with. That's the, the FOMC meeting. I, I mean, there's met, there there are there there are numerous issues that 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 could compete for the most important issue of the week ahead. But I think the FOMC meeting might be right at the top of the list, Jim. It is. I, I think it is. That's especially in the financial markets uh, areas for sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and then because and then I did want to point out. Uh, uh, I've had a lot of emails from pro farmer members, and this is our ground truth that we've relied on over the years that in many times have been spot on and it's helped us. And they're signaling big payments of uh, uh, e emergency relief program, the old WIP plus chip have been made. And USDA has not made an official initial comment on that, but I think when they do, it'll be a big one for their first report. Payment limits getting hit? They are. And that was a discussion in the cotton meeting amongst some of the producers there. And I know USDA, I was told there, USDA is looking at the situation. So that could be clarified as well in the coming weeks. And that would be a, a good sign for a number of uh, the you know larger producers who produce so much of our, of our crops. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, both chambers are in this week. Uh, we could go through it in chronological order on some of the things that I want to be watching for, but I'm going to take something from Friday, this coming Friday, and move it all the way to the top of the discussion, and that is the deadline for filing comments with the Securities and Exchange Commission on the proposal that would require publicly traded companies to track and disclose GHG emissions in their supply chain. This is something that Zippy Duval at the American Farm Bureau Federation at, and others, but we had Zippy on to talk about it on AgriTalk, very, very vocal in opposition to this one. Yes, and you go to any major commodity group meeting now, which I do, and they bring this up big time, Chip. So I think you will see some modifications on, especially on the timeline to report some of the potential impacts of the ag and, and small business sector. This this goes into the uh, unfunded mandates that's hurt us in the past. So hopefully some more information will modify what they want to do. But we have a very aggressive in Ginsler, the SEC chairman. Okay. Talking about uh, gasoline prices, crude oil prices, uh, I, I mentioned at the start that we're seeing new contract highs in crude oil futures. Uh, we're not back above that 130 level that we saw when Russia inv invaded Ukraine. Question from Eric here. How about Biden's trip to Saudi and the crude issue? Well, yeah, and they're going to announce it any day this week. The Wall Street Journal reported that, but we actually knew that. Uh, you know, before where he's going over. Initially, he was going to go over this month, but I think they've rescheduled it till sometime in July. I think, and, and that's been a dichotomy for the White House, especially Biden, because he went in being very negative on Saudi Arabia on, my, on a human rights perspective. But now with this uh, run-up in energy prices, I think he's already got the initial 
uh, signal from Saudi Arabia uh, that that they in, they said they're going to increase production somewhat. We're going to have to check the capacity of a number of other uh, OPEC countries, Chip. But uh, this is the initial, uh, you know, I don't know whether I should say payoff, but for their uh, initial increase in production statement. And uh, I think you'll see Saudi Arabia increase, uh, if they can, increase uh, additional production in the months ahead. Okay. All right. Um Let's go on to a couple of things that are going to be considered very early this week. And let's start with the gun law. That's a, a major development in this yep. town. Now, the House passed a bill last week, but the Senate, you're going to have ten, at least 10 Republicans sign off on it. Uh, now, we don't have the final details, and we've seen in the past when there's been a bipartisan agreement on a very controversial topic, uh, it can fall apart. So we need to see the language, Chip. I always say that. But right now, they have 10 Republicans, and the minority leader, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell from Kentucky has given his blessing. I mean, he, he wasn't one of those 10, but his leader, his co-leadership in the Republican uh, sector in the Senate are on that list. So uh, there's going to be things and it will include uh, funding at the school at the school level. Uh, uh, and, and in the mental health area, which Republicans think is the real, uh, you know, some of the real factors for the increases in uh, in violence, Chip. Well, but, there's some Democrats that fit into that concern, absolutely, too. Abso absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to underestimate the significance of this because the, you haven't had, you have to go back to the Carter, uh, to the Clinton administration. Uh, to for any any gun con uh, reform, I should say, uh, you, you know, legislation. So it is uh, honestly any serious conversation. Yes, yes. You've uh, got to go back absolutely. to Clinton. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. The 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 item. The, the details matter so much on this. Oh, it, no it, doubt about it. I mean, and I don't know the details. I don't know the details. The thing that concerns me when I look at it, it, it it's it's a piece of the proposal or the, the legislation that has and that probably has the greatest potential to be a very effective. Uh, I'm talking about the red flag, yes, uh, proposal here. It it that has the potential to really be an effective way of of preventing some of these tragedies at the same time that is the issue that is most potential for um misuse yes and and uh, further background checks at an earlier age too they're yep. going to prohibit certain uh down to the local police absolutely so they're beginning to make sense to, to be blunt and so we'll, we'll see if it happens but uh it won't stop all it won't stop all no. i think that gets back to other really heady issues such as family stuff you know problems in family that's the where they're going to try that's where the red flag warning is is expected to have 
some kind of an impact, but uh, it it can also be it it can also be the what Jim. What if you say something that Eric doesn't like, and Eric says, "You know what? I want to put a red flag warning on Jim Weismeyer." Yeah, that's <laughs> that gets into the ties. That's why this is controversial. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's going to be. That's uh, where the language becomes, whether or not it makes it in the final right. bill. And then on the other side, now the House is very much more aggressive, Chip. The, is some of the chatter in, in Washington is that will enough of the, uh, the very aggressive House members in the Democratic Party, will they revolt and not pass what the what the Senate does, you know? So, uh, you know, we're, that's why we're, we're not there yet. But I think the biggest hurdle has always been getting it out of the Senate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go to next? Uh, oh, the House today is expected to approve the Senate-passed Ocean Shipping Reform Act. Yes. And when I talked with G.T. Thompson, he told me he much preferred uh, the House approach, but uh, the, the the Senate was not going to clear that. So it will pass the Senate this week, Jeff, and it'll be on the way to Biden's desk. And And he mentioned the need for this in his trip late last week to Los Angeles, where he just fired all guns at the shippers uh, for gouging. But, you know, frankly, his own people could not verify that there was price uh, gouging uh, that they could uh, claim. And a European competition committee last week basically said the same thing. So, uh, but there are very needed things in there with that, those empty carriers. And see, this is where we like to connect dots. That's a significant part of the backup of some of the containers uh, yeah. in the cotton industry that I heard about for the last few days and, and other commodities. So this, this is, this is an important one. I think it's ag friendly because it's going to get at, you know, some of the barriers that we've seen in the lack of, uh, you, you know, getting our good farm products uh, uh, out of the country. Yeah. Is this, is this going to, uh, is this going to overturn the Jones Act? No. Okay. No. no. And, you know, we had Senator Moran on, remember, an AgriTalk, and he says, oh, it'll be talked about. But yeah. uh, it, it, you're not going to get it out of the Senate because of the shipbuilding states, Mississippi and, and other areas. Again, I could be wrong, but I don't think that that, that step is going to be taken. Right. Now, you can always have a waiver if you can prove, and that's been that's happened before. So that's what the U.S. flag vessel people say. If it's an emergency, go, you know, seek a waiver. It's yeah. been done before. But I don't expect major reform of the Jones Act, not in okay. this year, going into the November 8th elections. No way. Right, right. Uh, before we get too, away, too far away from our conversation about uh, gun reform, Gary had a comment out there that I'll just throw out there real quick. Uh, if energy policy is any indication, gun reform will be a mess and an overreach. Yeah. Uh, That's the concern, Gary. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. From Carl, this goes back to the ERP payments. 
uh, ERP implementation, do you think there are fixes in the works for the 75% AGI, adjusted gross income rules? Yes, I can say that on pretty good authority on some of the people I talked with uh, in, in, in Coeur d'Alene, both from USDA and the industry. And that's about as far as I can go without getting in trouble. But this is where, you know, our good friend Paul Niefer, uh, uh, yeah. he wrote a memo to the House uh, Ag Committee staff and that's making the rounds. And good old Paul, he nailed it. He put the facts there. And he said, you've got to give uh, the accountants the ability to do what they really can do in other areas, basis the 2017 tax law changes. Now, that broke while you were out, Chip. But but uh, plain old speaking and expert Paul Niefer uh, did a great service for, I think, for agriculture by pointing out you know, wow. The facts. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Yes. Well, we like to hang around smart people, Jim. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out something I forgot to mention at the cotton. Uh, of course, Texas people were there, Lubbock from Lubbock and elsewhere. And we had a hail, they had a hail event uh, around the area and it was a larger area than i think the trade realizes to such an effect that i th it will be a, i think eventually a market sensitive factor in uh, those uh, acres are lost uh so I, I think the planting the acres involved are, are abandonment uh, now abandonment yes mm -hmm. and so i would watch that in the months ahead for verification yeah. from usda but those cotton people have been proven very accurate to me over the years yeah southeast nebraska had a bad one too uh, it, i don't know if i it, it sounds like in many cases the corn crop was probably the growing point was still underground on a lot of that corn so hopefully it'll come back but it, it looked devastating to me. I, you, you know, Melody asked, she's been hearing concerns from a European acquaintance over, over uh, okay. American sugar beet harvest. Any validity? Uh, I'm going to a sugar meeting in the next few weeks, but I'll get on the phone and we will check on that one as well. Right. Good deal. Um, the Ag and Biofuels, the House Rules Committee meets this afternoon to prepare the lower... Food and Fuel Cost Act for floor debate. Package includes seven bills, Jim, related to agriculture. Yes. Now, some of them look like they've already, I thought some of these issues had already been decided. Well, not totally. Uh, you okay. know, on the, on the year-round E15, yep. this would, this would uh, uh, allow it, uh, I guess, give them cover, if you will, just allow it. It doesn't mandate it. So that's probably an optic bill there. Uh, there's the controversial uh, investigation, I think. Uh, the, the special investigator's special office. investigator. Yep. <laughs> and then you'll have it. For, the, for the meat packers, for packers and stockyards. Is yes. What that refers to. Now in the Senate, uh, next in the Senate next week, they're going to take up that the Grassley bill. Okay, the, um, the you, you know you know certain uh, you know, uh, percentages have to be cash sales, but this is a grab all <coughs> uh, bill, Chip, and it's something to watch. Yeah, um, Wotus has been having some roundtables and trying to 
find some clarity in how this rule is going to be defined? Yes, but, you know, we're really waiting for the Supreme Court ruling, Chip, on WOTUS. Now, Michael Regan, the EPA administrator, has said they're still going to move on because he thinks what they do eventually do on WOTUS by the end of this year will be complementary to what the Supreme Court does. I'm not quite sure how he can say that at this particular time. Now, today on Pro Farmer, uh, I, I, uh, I noted this: uh, the EPA is seeking to maintain water's protection. And the, the, they're saying the Supreme Court should uphold the Clean Water Act protections for wetlands that aren't directly connected to large bodies of water. Now, that can be interpreted many different ways, Chip, yeah. because it was before. And right. they said at least three Biden administration rulemakings hinge on the outcome of this case. So that's why the Supreme Court is really going to determine the major components of uh, whatever we get under under the new WOTUS, Waters of the U.S. rule. <clears throat> and we have another uh, roundtable this with second one actually in the arid Southwest. So right. they're doing their due diligence. I will give them that. that. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> we finally got the announcement chip of the, of the RFS and, and uh, Regan did deliver for the renewable fuels industry in most areas, chip that uh, he kept it at 15, a hard 15 billion gallons for uh, a corn based ethanol. Right. And on those waivers as well. So I, yep. I, I will say his, his credibility is, uh, is, uh, is renewed. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I, I started vacation the day before those, those, um, announcements came out. And usually when I go on vacation, I try to go on vacation. <laughs> I, I really do. I don't blame you. And uh, this one, I was with my my wife and I did a little traveling around. And uh, she made sure that I stayed away from work. There's, Good. There's, Good there's no question about it. But I did make some time last Friday to make sure that the announcements were out and to try to get some perspective on it. And Jim, you made it, you, you made it really easy to get an understanding of, of what was announced when it was. So, Thank you. And you know, yeah. the only time I can totally relax is on a cruise where there's more bars per square feet. Yeah. The US. Well, okay. Well, I did hit two distilleries. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just saying. And I'm for those saying. people in, Idaho. I don't know whether you've had Huckleberry beer and they have Huckleberry pancakes and Huckleberry this. I love Huckleberry berries now. <laughs> and I mean, it was the best. It doesn't sound good for a wheat beer, half a Weizen, but they put Huckleberry. Yeah. And I mean, it was the sweetest wheat beer I've ever had. And let's just say I partook of it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. A couple of other things real quick. Uh, the Republican Congress preview. I, I mean, it's pretty presumptuous, but it looks like the writing is on the wall. They're going to be preview, previewing a potential Republican Congress this week. Uh, yes, and I'm gonna. I won't be able to go to it, but I've got a couple people who will be there, so I want to, you know, okay. get their report. And at the 
at the Cotton uh, you know, Warehouse Association of America meeting, our good friend David Wasserman from the Cook Political Report was there. So okay. he gave an update and he had a, a specific estimate uh, because I told him when I went on, whatever Dave says in the House, I want to add five. And whatever he says in the Senate, I, I want to add at least one, maybe two. And people yeah. laughed. He had a specific point estimate of 29, net gain of 29 Republican seats. So they only need five. Some people say seven, but Dave uh, keeps saying five. So I'll go with what Dave says. Okay. And he said it could grow. It could grow because all the, uh, the the stars are in alignment, especially in the uh, house, Chip. Okay. And that's what they're gearing up for. There, there's one more that I want to mention before we before we wrap up. There is a climate. Uh, there, there's a House Ag Committee hearing on Wednesday. Title of it is the role of climate research in supporting agricultural re, uh, resiliency. Okay. The reason that I'm bringing this one up specifically is because it's kind of got a strange feeling to me. You know how these things go. Not a lot of attention is going to be paid to this hearing leading up to it, but then it's going to happen. And then there are going to be things said and conclusions drawn that need a dose of logic and a dose of science. And there's going to have to walk back some mid, some misdirected progress yeah. that is going to be concluded from this hearing. Uh, watch this one. I think it's going to be important. We will, and we'll report on it next week again. But I want us to have a bottom line where um, usually I feel quite comfortable when I'm on the opposite side of the general consensus on policy. And on this one, I am. So I'm watching it. And that's I still think the Democrats have one more big bill before the November 8th elections. And that's the combined of uh, social spending and portions of the green energy bill that they want. Now, agriculture shouldn't necessarily be negative because they could have some positive things in that because it'll be scaled back. But in particular, it could it could literally fuel, if you will, a, an incentive payment for sustainable aviation fuel. Okay. Now, we've discussed that before, but yeah. why am I a bit more positive? In the language that I've seen so far, Chip, they have an extension of some of the Obamacare provisions that are set to expire next January. I think that's one of the, the, the secrets of analyzing this bill because the Democrats do not want to see some key provisions of Obamacare expire because they know the Republicans won't extend them if and when they get in. So that's that's what I'm going for, okay. at least my odds of 60% or so, that we're still going to get another budget reconciliation bill that will need no Republican votes, that will include some major provisions that will set the, the language and the tone to phase in some of the aspects that Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack says could be the next revenue stream for farmers. Yeah. So that yeah. that's why this is a biggie, Jeff. The, yeah, the climate smart agriculture. Yeah. Yes. We're watching. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, with that said, and with the thunder and lightning starting to happen around outside the uh, broadcast bunker here, I'll finish it up with this comment from Ed. He said that he flew over Minnesota a week ago from La Crosse, Wisconsin to Minneapolis at 2,600 foot and saw a lot of replant going on from hard rains 
seen and also a lots of erosion in the field. So good observation there, Ed. Thank you so much for listening. Come back and listen this after uh, this morning. Let's start with this morning. We've got machinery Pete, and we're going to be talking about the WOTUS field hearings uh, with uh, NCBA this morning as well. Hey, have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. Thank you.